This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. is about to begin Hey, hey, hey Come on in Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. We are relaxing on this Friday. Doug Marie's Nathan Baird, Stephen Means from Cleveland.com, your Ohio State coverage team. Boys, we have been going hard at this stuff. Like, I know the world is shut down, but Stephen, it doesn't feel like it, right? Like, Ohio State football has kept churning along. Yeah, yeah, you know, Ohio, I mean, they've turned the COVID-19 quarantine into let's go get a recruit commit every 48 hours because why not? You know, there's, you know, obviously the NCAA coming out with the rule that with the proposal for players being able to prop up their image and likeness. There's still a lot of stuff going on as if this is a normal off season. It's just, we can't leave the house. So it's time for some nonsense. This is going to be a heavy nonsense pod. Nathan, um, you had done podcasts in the past. When you came to Buckeye Talk, you know, we sort of had a, a way we kind of did things here. But what do you think is the correct balance of football versus nonsense on a, on a podcast like this? What should we be striving for? Uh, I, I don't know, like 80-20? 85-15? Yeah, I think that's fair. And I feel like we've been a little less nonsensical lately. Do yeah. you feel that, Nathan? I do. I think we've it, there's just been a lot of football news or uh, world news that affects football. It's been just a lot of, of, of Ohio State football here for uh, several weeks. I can't really remember the last time we would have, uh, other than like maybe talking about um, your family movie bracket, which, which we maybe should get an update on. I don't know that we've really delved into too much nonsense. On the basis of sex was the winner of that bracket. So that's how my family rolls. It's like, what a the wonderful The whole bracket? About <laughs> All the movies on that bracket on the basis of sex? That's one. what? It's like, we could wow. – what do you guys want to do to relax? Do you want to watch a movie about a Supreme Court justice? It's like, oh, yeah. That is pleasure. That brought pleasure to the Lavery's household. The journey of Ruth Bader Ginsburg from a Harvard Law student to Supreme Court justice. Um, she won. It was legit. I mean, it was really, it was really good. So, uh, but yeah, it beat like Avengers and like coming to America and breakfast club and all that kind of stuff. So no apologies. That's how we roll. We're trying to figure out what bracket we should do next. All right. We're jumping in here with the recruiting commit before we get to everything else. Uh, Nathan Baird, who did Ohio state add to the 2022 recruiting class on Friday? They have added CJ Hicks, a uh, Dayton, Archbishop Alter, defensive back for now, but someone who projects, I think, long-term as a linebacker, probably ending up either as a Sam or, I mean, I suppose if he was in a different program uh, than Ohio State, maybe some kind of edge player. But um, somebody playing, you know, I guess you see him on maybe a similar trajectory as someone like Pete Werner, which obviously the way that Werner has turned out, I think if, if, if Ohio State can get players early in a recruiting class with that kind of flexibility and with that kind of potential, that's uh, an important pickup. 
So I, we've already had some of the tech subscribers bring up when you have a guy like this who's listed as an athlete who has positional flexibility. Um, sometimes that's great. Sometimes that can be hard. Um, Sam Hubbard was a guy who in the class of 2014 was the 192 overall recruit. And he had some sort of like positional issues at Ohio State that everybody knows about. They started him off sort of as a safety and then they tried him maybe as a tight end for a little bit. He winds up at edge rusher. He winds up redshirting in a year when he probably shouldn't have redshirted. He was a little bigger, 6'6", 225 was what Sam was listed at when he was coming out of uh, Archbishop Moeller in Cincinnati. Again, the number 192 recruit in his class. Um, Hicks feels a little bit like that, and I can understand some of the apprehension from the fan base with a guy like this. Like, are they going to be able to figure out where to best use him? Nathan, with a kid like this, do you think it's all all good when it appears he has some positional flexibility, sort of depending on how he grows and how he fills out, or can it be kind of an issue sometimes? Well, it, it could certainly be an issue, but I think there's a difference between a kid who is in the May prior to his junior year still being listed as an athlete as opposed to someone who gets on campus or, or is on signing day and is still listed as an athlete, and there's some question as to where their long-term fit is. I think what makes Hicks intriguing from, from what I'm seeing is where his frame and where athletically they think he can go over the next, you know, two or three years. Because if you think about it, at this point, okay, 6'4", 205, 215, somewhere in that range, I've seen conflicting reports. But, I mean, if you were, if he's, you know, gets closer to 225, 230, now all of a sudden you're talking about someone who, just kind of very naturally looks like, I think it's still maybe a little tall compared to a lot of linebackers, but still like that starts to fit what you think of as like an outside linebacker um, or even a, um, maybe even just a moving inside for the long term. But you, you can see where the athletically where he can grow. And if you can keep that kind of that, that raw athleticism or that, or that kind of that base athleticism and, 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 and grow physically and keep those attributes, I think that's what makes him potentially an intriguing talent. And, and where does he play now again? Where does he play in high school? He, he's mostly been playing safety, playing defensive back. I mean, I saw the report from 24-7, uh, the recruiting or the uh, the kind of the scouting report that just came out actually just the other day, kind of an updated one from Alan True. And I, they said he even had played some cornerback earlier in his life. So, I mean, you're getting into, again, that's where kind of that underlying athleticism is, right? There's some speed. There's some, like, just kind of open space. Um skill that this guy has but then also he just keeps growing and it, it, at some point you, you're growing yourself out of really being able to fit at uh in the in the secondary assuming you don't have that super 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 elite speed but it may that that combination still may make you a a really promising talent at a spot like sam linebacker so I think the thing, and we talked about this on, on one of the, on the recent Wednesday podcast when I was sort of railing against, um, that two safety system and why it feels like a one safety system works better for Ohio State. Um, but, and, you know, it's just, it's interesting to watch a team recruit to a scheme, right? And I think just to reemphasize this, I think most of the potential safeties they recruit have to project at something else at well, as well. So you're either going to be a safety, who is long enough and lean enough and has the cover enough cover skills to maybe be a corner, maybe be a slot corner or be an outside corner, or you're the type of safety that might be physical enough, grow into it enough that you can be an outside linebacker slash B word. Um, 
every now and then, I think maybe every other class, they could take like one safety who's just like a true deep safety, rangy, um, maybe isn't the kind of guy that you would want to lock up as a corner, isn't really big enough and physical enough to play linebacker, but it's just a true, true safety. But you can't have too many of those guys um, because you're probably only going to have one safety on the field at a time, just like you don't recruit six quarterbacks in a class because there's only one quarterback. So I think a guy like Hicks then fits into that as we're discussing this, maybe, maybe deep safety, but if not, I think the Pete Werner kind of comparison, I've seen some other people say Darren Lee, right? That kind of thing. We all know what that kind of outside linebacker looks like. You get the kid, you see how he grows, and then you have some flexibility, whether you want to try to have him put weight on or take weight off. But I think when you're talking about these secondary prospects, there has to be versatility in most of them because if you just stack up a bunch of safeties, you're going to have guys winding up on the bench and only playing special teams. Well, right, and you also have the hybrid that shall not be named kind of floating in the back of Ohio State's potential long-term defensive plans too. So I think that all of those things are still on the table for someone like this, especially this early in his career. And now I think it's someone that you follow over the next two years and see where exactly he grows and where he fits best. And again, in the strategy of a class, three guys now this early, just three guys in the last week or so, starting off this 2022 class, they started off with the New Orleans kid. Now they have two Ohio kids following that, that up. Ohio kids, highly ranked Ohio kids early in a class just seems like a good strategy for Ohio State recruiting. Yeah, and I thought it worked out really well for the 2021 class, and you're seeing it sort of play out again in 2022. And we've talked about the in-state recruiting dynamic and how that's sometimes where you go find guys who are maybe in the, the even, you know, five, six hundreds lower range, right? You're taking guys who not, it's not that they're roster filler necessarily, but that they have their place and then you're recruiting it in a national level too. But right now, Ohio State is going out and getting guys from in-state who also have that national appeal and kind of locking them up early and maybe keeping them away from someone like, you know, Michigan State that's maybe going to try to come in and make a bigger presence. Some of the other, you know, Penn State, whoever, some of the other, you know, bordering states that might want to come in and, and make a play on some of the, the in-state talent. Ohio State is locking some of those guys up early. So, again, in, in the current rankings, and it's still early in the 2022 class, um, C.J. Hicks is ranked as the number two, uh, excuse me, the number three kid in Ohio in the 2022 class. Tegra Tashabola, who's the guy they got the other day, he's number two. And then Gabe Powers, uh, an outside linebacker from Marysville, Ohio, is ranked as the number one player at the moment in Ohio in the class of 22. So these are like the only, this the only Ohio kids that have committed are the number two and three kids in the state. And they've both committed to Ohio state. So like, you know, they're on track. This is, this is Ryan day's plan. And, um, this is what they need to do. And it just, I don't know, Nathan, it's like, I don't want to kiss their butt on recruiting like just all the time, but it does just feel like it's a plan in action, right? That it's like, okay, we'll, we'll make sure we lock down Ohio kids early. Then we can go out and target certain kids nationally. I mean, it's like, it's kind of the plan they've always had all along, but I just, whether it's the NFL, whether it's the NBA, whether it's college football or college basketball, I just like roster building plans and it feels like you see the Ohio state football roster building plan in action. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure every program has some kind of a plan or a lot of them do. And in Ohio state, it has the added 
bonus of being able to kind of, you know, take that plan. They have really good recruiters, proven recruiters over not just a few years, but decades now in some cases. And then they have the resources and the appeal and the history and the whatever, the gravitas to go out and, and execute that plan at a high level. So um, it, it seems to be working. I'm always the one who says, hey, let's wait and see when you guys get on campus. But yeah, you can't really argue from just a, a talent collection standpoint how things have gone here. Uh, for both 2021 and now what's starting in 2022. All right, CJ Hicks, number three recruit in Ohio State's 2022 class. That happened on Friday, so we made sure we got that information to you guys. Again, if you want to get text info uh, on this stuff happens, try the text at 614-350-3315. But for now, we'll get back to relaxing with our nonsense podcast on Buckeye Talk. What we're going to do now, we are going to do a fast food bracket. So We have an interview that we are going to roll at the end of this, and I want to extend this invitation, especially to our tech subscribers. If you want to be a tech subscriber, you can join us. Be a friend of the pod. 14-day free trial, $3.99 a month. Send a text to 614-350-3315. So the tech subscribers get first dibs on this. But if you are a loyal listener and you are not a tech subscriber, you can still get in on it. If you have a kid in your life who loves Ohio State football, excuse me, and perhaps even listens to Buckeye Talk, we want to hear from them. And so I am going to try to set something up where your son or daughter, or maybe you, if you are the kid listening to this, can send a video, not a video, an audio question to us. Um, You can email me or something, and we will use your audio question on a future Buckeye Talk. We'll do a kid's episode. Um, I heard there's a coronavirus podcast that I listened to that did this and they had the questions from the kids. It just was cool. And so I would like to reach out to the kids who are home from school, who are, you know, I can't go hang out with their friends. We're going to have a Buckeye talk that you can be on. So if you are a kid who wants to be on Buckeye talk, if your family member is a tech subscriber, shoot us a text about it and we'll figure it out there or tweet me. At Doug LeMaurice on Twitter, D-O-U-G-L-E-S-M-E-R-I-S-E-S. Or you can send me an email at D-L-E-S-M-E-R-I-S-E-S at cleveland.com. And we'll figure it out. And we'll figure a way for you to, like, send a record a little message on your iPhone, a little uh, audio question. And then we'll use your actual question with your name on it on Buckeye Talk. So don't just send the audio yet. Don't just send it straight. Send me an email and tell me you want to do it, and then we'll figure it out. So that's what we're sending out as an invite to our listeners because we have a kid on the show. His name is Benji Pastor. I met his family at the Rutgers game last season. They made me feel the happiest that I've ever felt as a journalist. And he uh, is a guest on our podcast at the end of this podcast for a very specific reason. Um, so we had a great conversation with Benji. He had some good insights into Ohio State football. We criticized his fast food choices. It was just Buckeye talk encapsulated with a 13-year-old. So that's what we're doing at the end of this podcast. But right now, there's a fast food bracket that Jeff Lowe of Barstool Sports put out months ago before the NCAA tournament. We are going to run through that bracket. We're just going to talk about fast food for like 25 minutes because we're exhausted on football. And we're going to vote, and we're going to figure out who would win our fast food, fast casual bracket. Nathan, are you excited about this, or are you kind of like, why is Doug making us do this? I'm excited about it because I'm pretty sure you're going to have some just horrible takes on what should win here. 
Uh, Steven, too. I, I don't have I don't have faith in either of you having good tastes here, and I look forward to, to mocking those tastes. Steven, when you look at this bracket, do you feel like this bracket connects with you, or is this some stuff on here that you're like, I don't even know what some of these restaurants are? Oh, I know what all of this stuff is, and today to this point, I'm going to mock both of you for your decisions. All right, we're ready for this. We're ready for nonsense. There is – I can feel the energy in your voices. If It's like – Hey, guys, uh, who do you think the left guard is going to be? It's like, I think it's going to be Harry Miller. It might be Matthew Jones. It might be Gavin Cup. I don't know. We'll have to see what Greg's drama. And it's like, you want to talk fast food bracket? And you're both like, I will kill everybody. Um, all right, let's do it. What we're going to do, we're going to go through each bracket. Again, you can find this on Twitter. It's from months ago. Jeff Lowe from Barstool Sports put it together. It's a 64 fast, casual, fast food restaurant bracket. We're going to go through the matchups. Vote. Since it's an odd number, we'll have a winner each time. We'll see how far we get on this podcast. We're not going to subject you to like 50 minutes of this, but we'll see how long we go and see what you think of our fast food choices. Top seed in the uh, Mac and Dick McDonald region is the one seed McDonald's versus the 16 seed Jubilee. Um, I don't even know what Jubilee is. Steven, what's your vote? McDonald's wins. Nathan, do you yeah. know what – does anyone know what Jubilee – is it Jubilee or Jollibee? <laughs> Jollibee? Jubilee? What is it? I'm actually having trouble reading it, but I think it's – I think it might be Jubilee. I think it's a – no, Jollibee? I, no, I don't know what – McDonald's wins. I don't know what that is. Yeah, there, are, there are a lot of regional <laughs> – there are a lot of regional things on this bracket that I've never had, and that's one of them. But I think even if I had had whatever that is, I think McDonald's probably still wins. All right, that's a shout-out to Dollaby for Jollibee, which will make Bill and Ari both happy. All right, the 8-9 seat opposite that is Wawa versus Sheets, which are two East Coast convenience stores that also sell food that are have migrated towards Ohio. Nathan, where are you on Wawa Sheets? I've never had Wawa. I enjoy Sheets as a, a convenient option. I'm taking Sheets. Steven. I have to go with Sheets because it was dinner a lot of the time during college. I have to go with Sheets. I would vote for Wawa. When I we, we when my wife and I moved into our house in Delaware, uh, on the first day we moved into the house, I was like, oh, man, the only problem with this house is we're not near a Wawa. And she was like, there is a Wawa a block away, you idiot. And I was like, really? There's a Wawa a block away? So I lived a block from a Wawa for eight years. That was kind of cool. All right. 413. Whataburger is the four. Quiznos is the 13. Steven. Quiznos. Whataburger is probably the most overrated uh, West Coast fast food place I've ever had in my life. And I like subs. So we're going to go with Quiznos. Quiznos is the hot sub. Is every sub at Quiznos hot or can you get a cold sub? You can get cold subs, but you get a hot sub if you go to Quiznos. I feel like I have seen Quiznos commercials where they act like heating up a sub is like splitting the atom. That it's like, we put yeah. a sub in an oven. And it was like, oh, my God, you're a five-star restaurant. Nathan, what's your vote? I, I've, just, I've never had Whataburger, so I, I'm voting Quiznos. Yeah, I'm not a sub guy. The sub places are going to suffer for me on this list. So I would go Whataburger, but Quiznos wins. Uh, Panda Express as the five versus Potbelly, Nathan. I think Potbelly is is one of the worst restaurants. Like, I just don't understand why it's so popular with certain people. Um, and I think Panda Express is is just such a widespread, great, convenient choice for Chinese. I got to go Panda Express. Steven. Panda, because it's literally the only 
if we're talking nationwide brand of Chinese food, I would eat. Other than that, I like local spots. So Panda Express for me. Panda Express never has food. Aren't they always like, it's like, hey, can I get this? And they're like, can you wait seven minutes? That is very true. You are always waiting on your food. It's a fast food restaurant. If I wanted real Chinese food, I would go to a Chinese restaurant. I never really had that problem. What? Oh, we never. My panda never has the food hot. Like that one in Polaris, you're always, like, after you go through the drive-thru, having to sit in the parking lot, and they have to bring your food out to you every time I'm gone. Like you God go to the drive-thru for Panda? Oh, yeah. It's I've never been to a Panda drive-thru. You go yeah. in and enjoy the, enjoy the, the luxurious uh, facilities inside the Pandas? <laughs> I usually don't even get it to go. I just sit at the food court and eat it, or even if it's a standalone, I'm usually eating it while I'm there. Now, there's a Panda a mile oh. from our house, and we never go inside. We always go through the drive-thru, but it's always like nine minutes for your beef and broccoli. So hmm. – I'm not a big potbelly guy. My sister's like favorite fast food thing is a meatball sub at potbelly. So I would have voted for potbelly just to screw Panda Express because they make me wait too long. But Panda advances. My 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 votes keep going down so far. Uh, number six, is that Carl's Jr. and Hardee's? Yes, versus Dairy Queen. I am going to try to influence the bracket here. And I know that you'll hear later that our friend Benji has Dairy Queen on his list of – fast food that he enjoys dairy queen actual food is like dog food yes Dairy queen food is insane to me it's like if you can't bother yourself to go eat actual food first and then go to dairy queen for ice cream you're like oh that's far too convenient i can't go to wendy's for a hamburger and then get a dilly bar i'll just eat this hamburger at the ice cream place you deserve to suffer and eat that Dairy Queen food. I think Dairy Queen food is awful, and I actually like Hardee's. I'll vote Hardee's. Steven. Yeah, Dairy Queen french fries might be the worst thing I've ever put, worst french fries I've ever put in my mouth, but the ice cream trumps all of that, so I have to go Dairy Queen. Whoa, the ice cream is so good, it trumps the horrible meal. It is. Because why are you going there to buy a burger to begin with? Exactly. I'm not going to dairy. It's literally in the name, what what they serve. I don't know why you could get anything else. This is not an ice cream restaurant competition. It is a fast food. So so you have to eat the whole meal. So you can't – I don't think you can just vote on I like Blizzard. That's not true. That's not true. I don't have to eat the whole meal. I just have to get something to eat. All right. So, Nathan, which way are you going, tiebreaker to you? In, in Steven's defense, you could just have a s'mores blizzard and call that your lunch, I guess. Um, you know, this is maybe the toughest call in the whole bracket for me because I hear what Steven's saying, and I do love my s'mores blizzard and some of the other options. I have nostalgic reasons why I want to vote for Hardee's. It was like the closest fast food to us when I was growing up out in the pasture in central Illinois. Um, but it was so – Hardee's was great. The current Carl's Jr. Hardee's thing is just another burger place. I'm not that excited about it. But in a, in a, in a nail-biter, like a double overtime nail-biter, I'm giving it to Carl's Jr. and Hardee's. Oh, I thought you were building up a case yeah, I did for too. Dairy Queen there. <laughs> I thought we were this is like – this, like, no, this is like – it, it's like the Butler-Connecticut National Championship game where nobody could hit a shot. That's what this would have been. It would have been like this 51 been, to 49. The way we discussed this, this probably should have been the 8-9. Yeah, I'm a little – Hardee's has a 5 – or this is a 6-11. This is a 6-11. Yeah. I think it's a little bit weird seating there. Okay. Big win for Hardee's as the 6. 
Number three, Arby's versus number 14, Taco Cabana. I, I, would, I love the name Taco Cabana. I have no idea what it is. Does anyone know what Taco Cabana is? I don't. I think it's, I think it's a Mexican place. <laughs> I'm just, I think they sell tacos, but it's I'm not, not Irish all food. the way sure. <laughs> Can I get some shepherd's pie? I'm sorry. This is a Taco Cabana. All right. So, Nathan, what's your vote? I mean, I love the name Taco Cabana. Like you said, it makes me, it reminds me of the song, uh, Tangerine Speedo for anyone who is familiar with that song, but uh, you got to vote Arby's here. Now I would, now I wonder what a Tangerine Speedo would taste like. Like, is that like, I feel like that's like an orange Julius is like a Tangerine Speedo. I I went to Taco Cabana. Go find that that song. It's a, it's a classic. All right. So, uh, uh, Steven, which way are you going? Uh, You got to go Arby's. The fries, the, the one dollar menu from two two o'clock to five p.m. every single day. The the small little chicken sliders they have, you have to go with Arby's. The curly fries, the curly fries could let Arby's have a little run here. I'll be curious to see how they do. Curly fries are the best way to eat fries, followed by a waffle. Yeah, they really, they really, uh, the Arby's that that could be a strong three seed coming through. Seven versus ten. Seven's Panera Bread. Ten is Jersey Mike. Steven. Jersey Mike's, I don't like Panera food. I think if I'm in a Panera, I'm using the Wi-Fi, and that's about it. Yeah, I mean, he, he just he just took my analysis. I mean, Panera, it's great. It's convenient. I like maybe going there and getting an iced tea or a coffee or something like that, but their their food is it, – it's just microwaved, whatever. Like, it, it, it's not worth what you pay for. I know what I'm getting oh. from Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's is consistently – my Jersey Mike's is probably my favorite sub place. You're paying twelve dollars for a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah, it's, it's, I can go to Walmart and get cheese and bread for six dollars and make a better grilled cheese sandwich. It's a place for like yuppie moms. It's they they think that it, you go there and get a salad and a soup or whatever, but it's not a place where like people with taste eat. So to be fair, I am a yuppie mom. And yeah. So I go to Panera and get a salad and soup. <laughs> I also love that's, their breakfast. They have these little. That's where he was going with this. They have these little souffle things. They have a bacon spinach souffle for breakfast. It actually, one of the most devastating effects of coronavirus is that while Panera does have takeout right now, they're not making the souffles anymore. Like I love this, like my favorite breakfast thing. I've never I, been there for breakfast, so. I go. I have often gone. I'll go at like nine or ten a.m. Eat breakfast work, eat lunch, and then come home like at six o'clock at dinner. So I, I have had multiple days where I have a two meal Panera thing. It's another one that's a, the, the Panda Express is next to the Panera a mile from my house. So I, I do a lot of work there. I don't love it, but it's good enough. Their soup isn't as good as a soup place. Their salad isn't as good as a salad place, but you get it combined. It's pretty good. I give them, I, the bagels are pretty good. And I give them credit for, like, it's the best Wi-Fi setup. I mean, it's a tremendous Wi-Fi setup because you can get coffee and drink it all day. You can get iced tea and drink it all day. Sometimes I'll get coffee in the morning and then put iced tea in my coffee cup later in the afternoon. So I would have voted for Panera, but Jersey Mike's advances. Two versus 15. Two is Chipotle. 15 is A&W. Nathan. I grew up with an A&W in Danville, Illinois, and it was it was a huge place for, like, high school kids to either work there or go there, hang out. But Chipotle easily wins this. Steven? Chipotle was that version for us in high school. We So, yeah, it's got to be – it's more food for one, but it's just better. 
A&W to me is sort of like Dairy Queen, but I think yeah. the food is much better. Yeah. yeah. And the root beer factor, holy moly, because I can only drink diet stuff, but they have diet root beer on tap as well as root beer. I will go there just for the root beer. So to have a beverage that is such a draw, I think A&W is vastly underseated as a 15. It's not going to be Chipotle. Chipotle is like a monster in a bracket like this. They basically invented fast casual. Um, I feel like A&W is the team that has one great player that yeah. is maybe like – they're like um, Davidson with Steph Curry or whatever, or that's probably not even the best example. Where the, where the uh, right uh, matchup, they could get an elite eight. A low major with a guy who was just overlooked and is a great NBA player to, to be, but isn't the full team that Chipotle is. I will look forward to that analysis during the NCAA tournament when you refer to the best player on a low major team as the draft root beer of that player. Oh, man, that guy. He is the draft root beer. That's the diet draft root beer. <laughs> He's Obi Toppin. <laughs> That's right. Obi Toppin, the draft root beer of his team. All right, Chipotle advances, no surprise. That's now to the new bracket, the no Sundays region, which of course means the one seed is Chick-fil-A. I think this is another misseeding. Chick-fil-A is. is the one, Penn Station as the 16. Nathan, you have strong yeah. feelings. This is going to be my most controversial take, but this is Penn Station, and it's, I don't think it's even close. Penn Station as what? a 16. The fact that Jersey Mike's is a 10 and Penn Station is a 16 doesn't make sense to me, right? And I know there's people out there who are probably going to say, yeah, but that's not real cheesesteak. If you're from Philly, if you're from Jersey or whatever, you look at Penn Station and you mock it. But most of us aren't. And and to be able to go there and get the selections that you have at Penn State, plus those like or Penn Station, I mean, plus those hand cut fries, plus like their lemonade. I can name you so many things off of Penn Station's menu that I love. Whereas Chick Fil A has this one sandwich, and you can't get it on Sundays. It's stupid. I'm it's it's Penn Station to me, and I'm I, I no hesitation. Nathan goes against God what? with his vote. Nathan's like closed on Sundays for God. Um, I think I, I, Penn Station to me is like an eight to be a 16th because yeah. they are at the top of the game of the steak sandwich fast food game, right? And the steak sandwich fast food game is an underrated part of the fast food scene. We have so many burger places. When you switch it up and you go steak sandwich and like those boardwalk fresh cut fries and that kind of thing, that is a great fast food choice. The idea that it goes up against Chick-fil-A, Stephen, you obviously have strong feelings the other way. It's clearly Chick-fil-A. The only annoyance is, yes, you want you, the time you're always craving Chick-fil-A is on a Sunday when you can't have Chick-fil-A. But the chicken is great. The service is immaculate. It's waffle fries, which I just said are the number two fries of all time. No. It, it, yes. Oh, that's the Chick-fil-A, the Chick-fil-A fries are completely overrated. No, I, I'm, I'm just saying, whoa, they're not overrated. They're, they're good. Now, they're There's not Arby's there. or Rally fries. There's no flavor. But they're a good no fries. Flavor. For you, there is no flavor. There is flavor for the rest of us sane people who are discussing this bracket here. It's clearly Chick-fil-A. Now, Penn Station should not be a 16 sheet. They shouldn't be facing each other in the first round. This is probably a sweet 16 matchup, but it's clearly Chick-fil-A. You know what you can do on a Sunday when you're craving a Chick-fil-A sandwich and not an open? You can go to Wendy's and get their spicy chicken sandwich, which is a better sandwich, or go to other places that have chicken sandwiches that are just as good as a Chick-fil-A sandwich. That's not true. The 16 seed that comes here, I'm sure that this – this bracket was put together by somebody from Philly or New Jersey who felt like their their personal bias is baked into giving Penn Station a 16 seed. Um, 
I know so I think like the ringer did a fast food bracket or something the one time and like the number one seed for the best fast food was the Chick-fil-A waffle fries. So I think it's you're insane. on an island there. You're on an island, Nathan, not you, enjoying Chick-fil-A waffle fries. He sandwich, sandwich, good. Spicy sandwich, good. Nugs, very good. Good waffle fries. I get the salad there sometimes. I like the salads. Um, Chick-fil-A is really good. My kids like the lemonade. I mean, like, I feel bad for Penn Station going down, but I've got to go Chick-fil-A there. Penn Station uh, has great no lemonade, surprise. too. No, no surprise that Chick-fil-A advances. Uh, a miss seed. There's a miss seeding that comes into play here. The 8-9 is Moe's versus Jimmy John's. Steven, Moe's versus Jimmy John's 8-9. Moe's. Jimmy John's is terrible. It's The only good thing about it is that you get it within, like, 30 seconds after you order it. My roommate put me on the Moe's as an option other than Chipotle because we were eating way too much Chipotle in the house. Moe's is delicious. It's a lot more food than what Chipotle gives you. And like it's, Jimmy John's, the the sandwich is dry a lot of the time. The the bread seems you know like it's been four or five days old. While Moe's is just a quality restaurant. It's Moe's landslide. This is not a proper eight nine matchup. Nathan. I think this might be another misseeding on, on both of these, but I, I would probably lean Moe's. I like the convenience of Jimmy John's. I like the pickles, but uh, Moe's, the fact that they don't charge you for some of the things that Chipotle does, I think I actually might prefer Moe's to Chipotle. I do yeah, as well. Moe's is good. Moe's is good. They have like the, chip, the salsa bar, right? You get the salsa bar? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus the guy who owns Jimmy John's like shoots rhinos or whatever, right? So I would have voted for Moe's anyway. <laughs> who but doesn't? Moe's advances. 413 Culver's versus Boston Market. I, this is very tough for me. I will stand tall for Boston Market because if you're going fast food, but you're just you're just fast fooded out and you can get enough of a semblance of almost like a Thanksgiving dinner. When I was yeah. in where was I? I was in uh Indy for something. And I was sort of like, uh, and I drove through a Boston market and I just sat in my parking, in the parking lot and ate turkey, mashed potatoes and corn. And it's not the greatest turkey, mashed potatoes and corn in the world, but it's not bad. And it's yeah. fast food that I didn't have to get out of my car for. That is really strong to me. So I am here to stand up for Boston market, but I'm going to vote Culver's because Culver's is like legit in every way, burgers, fries, ice cream stuff. Um, I mean, talk about like Dairy Queen versus Culver's. The Culver's like ice cream offerings are, are just as good. And the, the burger, plus they have root beer like A&W. Mm-hmm. The Culver's is legit. So I feel bad that Boston Market, this is their first round matchup. But I will go Culver's. Nathan. Again, this is another really poorly seated one, I think, because I would probably vote Boston Market here just because I think Panera could take some hints from Boston Market. Because you're, you don't have to have gourmet food. But it has to be – it has to taste – just because it's mass-produced doesn't mean it should have no flavor. And I feel like that's what I end up feeling like at Panera. It just feels kind of limp and weak. And Boston Market, it, it's 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 solid food. And you can go there and get, like, a balanced meal and not feel guilty about the fast food you just had. Um, I'm going Boston Market. Steven, tiebreaker to you. Yeah, I've had Culver's one time, and I've had Boston Market no time. So I enjoyed the one time I had Culver's when – um, we were headed back from, I think that was Indiana. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to vote Culver's. When we were, Stephen, the only time he ate Culver's was when he and I were driving together. Is this right, Stephen? And I was like, yeah. hey, look, there's a Culver's. And I just, like, changed lanes, and we almost got yeah, rear He didn't think about it. Like, he didn't oh, think about my it at all. God. 
And I was like, yes, but it's worth it. So we almost got rear-ended in a rental car because I was like, yep. I love their fries. Um, he forgot he was driving for a second almost. Where it was almost like, we're going to go over here. It's like, oh, okay. If a fast Don't turn on a signal or anything. Can make me have an innate poor driving reaction. That is a credit to that. I'm usually a very cautious driver. That, that That's what Culver's does to me. So that's a big win for Culver's. 512. Domino's? What's Domino's? Domino's versus what's the other one say? I can't. <laughs> Did I can't. you say Domino's? <laughs> that's that's Ari's. Ari always jokes about that because like when we used to do the podcast at Ari's house, Ari was like, "Yeah, hey, I'm going to order some pizza from this local place down the street. You may have, I don't know if you've heard of it, Domino's? And it's like, oh, if you say it's Domino's, it sounds super Italian. Um, Domino's versus, I can't read this. Turkey and tacos? What is the name? Oh. Turkey. Torchy's Tacos. I like have it zoomed in, so because I can't see either. Torchy's Tacos is yeah. a very popular Texas restaurant place. When Landis went and did a story on Matthew Baldwin um, one time, I think when we were at the at a bowl game down there. No, maybe some. We were on a trip and he met Matthew Baldwin for a recruiting story, and Matthew Baldwin said like, "Meet me at Torchy's Tacos," and Landis had like a revelation. So. Torchy's Tacos is a southwestern taco place. Steven, what's your vote? Uh, I hate Domino's so much that I have to go with Torchy's Tacos, even though I've never even been inside one. It's Domino's pizza t- tastes like cardboard. Torchy's Tacos is, is like a good, somewhat, re- it's like a good regional taco place. Um, okay. All right. So. That's one vote for Torchy's. Nathan? I've never had Torchy's, and I very, like, significant portion of my life uh right around the corner from the paper i worked at in danville there was a domino's that had like five dollar carry out pizzas back before that was a thing um and that was back before domino's was even that good and they were still good so i'm going domino's you know what i actually like domino's like I, i've eaten at a torchy tacos and i thought they were good but i like domino's i actually think like the once they got rid of dave brandon and they brought in like the new owner and they were like remember how our pizza used to taste like crap it doesn't taste like crap anymore that was like literally their marketing campaign um I actually think it's pretty good. I actually think we're having Domino's tonight. So, um, so maybe just, I need to like go and try Domino's again because I haven't had it since it's tasted like cardboard pizza. Yeah, no, I would, I would, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw some respect on Domino's names and vote for them. Uh, all right, six eleven, White Castle, Little Caesars, Nathan. I don't know how White Castle is a six seed. It's it's ridiculous to me. Um, there's it has no redeeming qualities. It's it's terrible. It should be in the double digits if it's even on this board at all. I'm going Little Caesars. Steven. Little Caesars. Easily. White Castle is not good either. I don't like uh, White Castle because it's like the burgers are already cooked and everything. Like I always get like plain hamburgers when I go there. So I feel like it's I can't do that at White Castle. My kids like the chicken rings at White Castle. Um, but I do not like White Castle. I don't know. Is there anybody who eats White Castle when they're sober? That, that's the You're always question, eating man. White Castle on like a dare. It's never where you actually want to go to find sustenance. And I think for a $5 pizza, Little Caesars isn't terrible. No. So I, no. I, I enjoy Little Caesars in the right setting. So I'll vote Little Caesars as well. Unanimous for them. 314. Subway as a three. Church's chicken as the 14. Steven. Subway chickens, Church's chicken. It's just not. It's not good chicken. And Subway is, is quality. It's quality. It's a. 
it's not a five dollar foot long the way they like to advertise it, but it's good food. Nathan. I, I'm voting more for the concept of Subway than I am for the reality of Subway, which I think is is um, overpriced and uh, not that special. It is a good concept, though. They usually you can usually have like find good coupons for it, right? That usually it's like oh, buy a, a six inch, get a six inch free. If you're just paying straight up prices for Subway all the time, I think you're doing it wrong. They really usually have good discounts out there. I agree. The concept is good enough to carry today. I don't love it, but I work it in. 710, Papa John's versus Cookout. I don't know what Cookout is. Do you guys know what Cookout yeah. is? No. Nope. I do not know what that is. All right. So I guess I'll vote Papa John's not very convincingly. Nathan. Uh, I, I don't think Papa John's is that good, but I don't know what Cookout is, so I'll just move Papa John's along to get beat by whoever comes out of this 215. Steven. Yeah, Papa John's. Okay. 215 is Burger King Sparrow. Is that right? Sparrow is a 15? Again, how is Sparrow a 15? Yeah, is this cookout is terrible seating. Cookout should be the 15. Anything that is like only regional or not the, the majority of the country they're going to know should be a lower seat in this situation. And I know people like make fun of Sparrow, like from the office and stuff. Like everyone knows that office episode where Michael Scott goes to New York. And goes to like, New York, yeah. And it's Sparrow. I, that was my family. When we used to go to New York, we would eat at that very Sparrow and think the same thing. So I get it. It's a funny joke. It's funny because it's true. I think Sparrow is better than Papa John's. Like I think for a chain restaurant, a Sparrow, and I'm the guy who's the triangle cut crust pizza, you know, backer. I think Sparrow as a chain does a pretty good version of it for what they're trying to be. Yeah, I think Sparrow's solid. So, yeah. Nathan, who's your vote then, Nathan? I mean, BK is iconic. Uh, Burger King is yeah. Burger King. I love, my, I love a Whopper. Um, I'm probably going Burger King. If the tiebreaker here is just that I know how to find Burger King so much easier than I can find Sbarro, I guess. It's, it's a nail-biter. I'm going Burger King. I will say Sparrow does did do a thing. They used to only be in food courts. It felt like they do they do have standalone restaurants now. At least they do in the Columbus area in strip malls and stuff. That it's not just in the food court. So I'm gonna go Sparrow. I think Burger King. I never pick Burger King over McDonald's or Wendy's. I get what they do, but I think everybody who does the thing that Burger King does does it better. I think Burger King is. They don't do, have anything that they do the best. So I'll go Sparrow. Steven, you're the tiebreaker. And that is exactly why I'm going Sparrow. One, because I don't have any problem finding one. I live behind them all. But also, of the, if we're put, like you said, Burger King is iconic. But of those iconic ones, it's probably at the bottom of that list. While Sparrow and what it does is probably near the top of the list for what, what criteria it falls under. Okay. Um we're at like half an hour of fast food talk, and we've only done half the bracket. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> Not even. I mean, like, the, we done half the first rounds. But I think, I think we'll call it. I think we'll call it, and we'll come back and do the second half another time, right? I yeah, mean, let's string it out. And that's okay. Um, people like opinions of fast food. I know people listening. I'm sure everyone listening has at least once – during that discussion, been like, well, that's a stupid opinion and disagree, which is great about this stuff. People have strong opinions about fast food um, and they vary. So um, 
That was good. That was a good little, that was good little nonsense. Uh, I think it's, I think it's fun. I appreciate this guy doing this. We all could do stuff like this, but you know, we can quibble with his seedings. It's a pretty good bracket in general. It's a pretty good bracket in general. So, um, okay. Here's what we're going to do now. We're going to get to our friend, Benji Pastor. He is a loyal Buckeye Talk listener. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this interview. We enjoyed having him on. And then when we're done with Benji, we'll come back and wrap up Buckeye Talk. All right, back on Buckeye Talk, honored to have a very special guest. Instead of me just talking to Nathan and Stephen, who I'm sick of, uh, and they're sick of me, more sick of me probably. We have a new, fresh, Nathan is giving a thumbs up for being sick of me. A new, fresh face, a fresh voice, a fresh perspective joining us on on Benji Talk. We're going to rename it Benji Talk for this segment. It's Buckeye Talk. It's Benji Pastor, and he is a loyal Ohio State fan, and I met him in the stands at Rutgers. And, Benji, I will tell you, and, and Nathan and Stephen can attest, I have a huge, gigantic ego. And that was the greatest ego yeah. boost of my entire life, that I was randomly walking through the stands and somebody knew who I was. So, Benji, you are my favorite Ohio State fan of all time. But that's not, that's not the only reason that you are on Buckeye Talk. Benji, this is a gift, right? What just happened that we are celebrating on Buckeye Talk here today? Uh, my bottom next fell. You turned 13 on what day? April 23rd. All right. So we are in the era of social distancing what kind of things were you able to do for your bar mitzvah, and, and how did you try to do it in an age when no one can be around each other? Um, we just tried to keep by our traditions. Um, so we had it over a Zoom call, like we're having our podcast now. Um, so, yeah, um, definitely keeping the tradition um, was definitely um, number one. And then number two was just make sure everyone – and the family was there, um, maybe not really physically, but spiritually, and um, we're watching the moment. Very cool. So a Zoom bar mitzvah. I like it. Um, all right. So this is part of your – this is a bar mitzvah present. And here's my question, Benji. You are in – you live where? In New Jersey? Um, I live in Connecticut. You live in Connecticut. And so you and your family came down to New Jersey for the Ohio State Rutgers game. Why are you an Ohio State fan? I mean, I've had a lot of family that's gone there. My mom, my dad, my aunt, my uncle. I have a lot of family. Then just some of my best earliest memories have come from just watching Ohio State. Me and my dad used to go to this restaurant called the Lumberyard when I was like two, three, somewhere around there. We used to um, go there every morning and then watch Ohio State play. Those were some of my earliest memories, and they're definitely one of some of my happiest memories. All right, so now you are on Buckeye Talk. We had a nice introduction there. Now it's time to start yelling at you and criticizing your opinions about football, because that's what I do to everybody on this podcast. I'm just kidding. I won't criticize that much. Benji, who are your favorite Buckeyes? Who are the guys that you have loved the most as Ohio State football players? Well, definitely one and two. My number one would probably be Troy Smith. Number two would be Zeke. Then number three, I'm kind of faced with the challenge. There's three guys that I really like who could be number three. Cardell Jones, well, actually four. Cardell Jones, JT Barrett, Carlos High, and Orlando Pace. 
I probably would go with Justin, though. Nice. Steven, you're, you're, Steven, you are actually closer in age to Benji than you are to me. That's what you have to live every day. What do you think of Benji going old school? That here he is, a young man of 13, and he loves Troy Smith number one, and he also has Orlando Pace on his list. A little appreciation for the old school Buckeyes. Yeah, he's done his homework there. It's, it's past just his own era of what he's been able to actually physically see. See, Orlando Pace, when he was playing for Ohio State, I was like two years old, so I don't even remember those days. So that's an impressive list of guys from that he's been able to see, whether it be live, like at the Rutgers game, where he got to see Justin Fields play, or when he was very young with 2014, watching that national championship run with Cardell Jones and JT Barrett's. Solid list to have. Why do you love Troy? Benji, what made you, how did you come to be a Troy Smith admirer? Because he won the Heisman Trophy uh, in 2006, which is before you were born. Um, well, I mean, he definitely did a lot for Ohio State. I believe he took us to two national title games, if I'm right. And I believe before Joe Burrow won the Heisman this year, I think Troy Smith might have been the biggest margin. Yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, Troy was a landslide in 2006. You're right. You're right. Landslide Heisman winner. Nathan, you you are an old school soul. Do you have an appreciation for a 13-year-old fan who throws it back like that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm curious, Benji, did you get to vote in our favorite modern Buckeye bracket? And if so, were any of those decisions really difficult for you? Um, I did not, um, unfortunately. Um, because I had a lot of work and stuff, but um, Benji, it's okay. You don't have to make too busy, bro. Yeah. He just, just likes. He didn't mean to put you on the spot. You're too busy. He doesn't want to it's okay. read the stuff we write. He just likes to okay. listen to it. Okay. Um, Benji, did you also make a fast food list at all? Um. Yeah. Okay. So, this is the requirement to be a guest on Buckeye Talk. I want to know who your favorite players are and your favorite fast food restaurants. All right, go ahead. So number one is definitely Skyline Chili. Wow. All right. Continue the list, and then I'll rip you. Go ahead. Um, that, hurt, that just hurt my soul. Probably Dairy Queen. Um, Dairy Queen. Then number three, McDonald's or Sonic. I would probably say McDonald's just because I've had it more times. Respect for McDonald's. I think McDonald's on lists like this is too often overlooked. People take McDonald's for granted. I appreciate you putting McDonald's on the list, Benji. Nathan, approve or disapprove of Skyline Chili, number one on his list? I strongly approve. When I uh, lived in Indiana and I would visit my best friend in Pittsburgh, I would often stop outside of Dayton and get Skyline on my way through or my way back, one or the other, sometimes both. Um, Now, oddly, now that I've been an Ohio resident since last August, I have not actually been to Skyline Chili since I've lived here, but um, I, I think you know I, I, it's a very polarizing choice, and I'm on the the side that says Skyline is good stuff. Stephen, you are on the other side of that argument, are you not? Yeah, I, I, I listen. I can I, I'm okay with the other options that are on that list, but Skyline being at the Skyline being on the list is already you know an absurd thing, and being number one is another level more power to you but i personally will not be eating skyline ever again but but here's my point now benji you probably cannot get skyline in new jersey right not at not an actual restaurant 
No, um, usually when we go to Cincinnati for family gatherings and stuff like that. Exactly. So it's okay. almost a nostalgic thing. It's yeah. a that that definitely adds to it. And it was kind of the same way for me. Like I couldn't. I think there were a couple of skylines in Indiana somewhere, but I always associated it with, oh, this is the trip I'm making. I get to go have skyline. I need to take advantage of the opportunity. It was this kind of distant thing for me. So I think that actually added to how much I enjoyed it. Benji, when you go to Skyline, what do you get? Do you get it like with all, with all the spaghetti in it and stuff, or what kind of chili do you get? Um, I get, I usually get um a chili sandwich or maybe just chili in general, but and I also do get the spaghetti thing. Nice. Okay. Well, listen, everybody is welcome to their own opinion on this podcast, but when you have an opinion on this podcast, you're probably going to be criticized for it, even if you're only 13. That's just how we do it here. All right. Let's talk about the 2020 Ohio State football season. Benji, as you may know, we have started previewing the Ohio State football season week by week. We had a Bowling Green writer on Wednesday. What are you expecting? First of all, fingers crossed, we're all assuming that the season will go off as planned. Let's just think that way. (coughs) Geez, what are you expecting? How good do you think this Ohio State team can be in 2020, Benji? Well, um, I think they could be really good. I I thought they were going to win the title. Um, that Master T tore his Achilles. Um, unfortunately, a terrible some terrible defensive players were just doing bad things. Um, I'm just going to say it that way. Um, look at that. Look at him getting right into the criticism. <laughs> You're already getting the Buckeye Talk vibe, Benji. We love it. Shoot him straight, man. Keep going. Um. But then what I really think saved us was Trey Sermon's transfer. Trey Sermon I thought was great with Oklahoma. And I think he's going to be a great Buckeye. He's going to be behind a good offensive line. He's going to have Paris Johnson. He's going to have Walt Davis. He's going to have a very good offensive line. So we have talked about this, Stephen and Nathan, and then we'll get Benji's answer on this. Nathan, what is the number one game that you think Ohio State should be worried about the most in 2020? Um, I think my answer might have changed slightly since the last time we talked about this. I think it probably is the Penn State game just because that's the one that if you lose it, you may no, maybe don't even make the Big Ten championship game. You maybe don't even put, have a chance to get in the playoff depending on what the other dynamics are. Steven, what is the game that concerns you the most for Ohio State? I think it's the Oregon game just because of the other three non-conference games that are surrounded around, around, uh, that are surrounding it. It's a bunch of okay, Justin Fields is going to be sitting down watching the game like the rest of us in the fourth quarter, while that Oregon game is really the first true test of the season for this team that has some questions on defense and maybe even on in the running back where there is no J.K. Dobbins. So it's your first time getting tested. It's always interesting to see how a team responds, especially when there's a lot of weak opponents surrounding the game. All right, Benji, you told us that you had done some research on this. What do you think about the Ohio State schedule for 2020, and who do you think will be the toughest opponents for the Buckeyes? Um, I mean, like Nathan said, the game that you should be mostly worried about and probably means more is the Penn State game because, you know, that that's mostly playoff limited. Because if we lose to Oregon and we beat Penn State and we run the tables in the Big Ten, there's still a good chance we can get in. But our toughest game, I think, will be at Oregon. They have a very solid running back in T.J. Waddell, and their defense is going to be scary next year, led by Kayvon Thibodeau, I think, um, is the way you pronounce his name. Um, 
So they're definitely going to have a really solid defense. Um, and the and Austin Stam, they're going to get pretty loud. Um, and I think our toughest game will be against Oregon, but I, I'd rather us lose to Oregon than lose to Penn State. Benji, you're breaking one of the Buckeye Talk rules, which is don't know any players on opposing teams. <laughs> the fact that you can name more players on Oregon than I can is making yeah. me feel very nervous. Your level of research is too great for this podcast, Benji. You're making us look bad, but that's okay. You're a young football fan who loves your Buckeyes. So well, it wasn't very hard to make us look bad, by the way. He knew two names. You know, that's true. Yeah. Benji was like, I think that's how his name is pronounced. And I was like, I've never heard of that guy. So I can't help you out there, man. <laughs> Benji, what's your prediction, right? We like to put people on the spot. Here we are at the end of April trying to figure out what's going to happen in the 2020 Ohio State football season. If you had to make a prediction right now for what Ohio State does in 2020, what is it? Um, I would probably say 15 and 0. Woo! Coming in hot, baby. 15 and 0. That'd be a great bar mitzvah present. 15 and 0. Do you think that's actually realistic, though? Um, I do actually. Um, to me, Oregon's gonna have a really strong defense next year, but I'm really kind of concerned about the offense. I mean, they do have Jamal Elliott. They have a solid offensive line, and they do have C.J. Riddell. But Tyler Shaw, I'm kind of concerned about him at quarterback. I mean, to be honest, well, I mean, he still has been experience, but to me, I don't like starting young quarterbacks because the one thing you can't teach a player is experience. Um, and I think that will end up being a tough game. It could end up being like a really close game, but I think Ohio State escapes. Penn State, I mean, I think they have, they're clicking on all sides of the ball, but to me, Penn State's most critical player, someone people aren't really looking at right now, might not be Journey Brown, might not be Sean Clifford, might not even be Michael Parsons, might be um sorry Pat Fireman. Oh yeah, the tight end. See, that was a guy I knew. I knew a guy that Benji said. I feel smart now. I like how it was like, hey Benji, way to name some players, and then like he just started shoving our faces in the mud. Oh, you want me to name players? Here's ten more players that you've never heard of. Fuck, I talk people. All right, Benji, before we let you go, we appreciate your football knowledge, and we appreciate you listening to Buckeye Talk. Why did you start listening to Buckeye Talk? How did you find us? Um, I was just looking for anything Ohio State related, and then I found Buckeye Talk, and I'm like, I'll give it a try. And what would you think, right? Did you think like, oh, man, I don't know about these guys, and you almost gave up on us, or did you love us from the start? Yeah, I'm like, I'm going up with the big dogs. I don't know, what I don't know how this is going down, but – yeah, we're the big dogs. Um, Benji, happy birthday, man. Thank you. How's it feel to be 13? Do you feel like a man now? Yep. Okay, I'm 46, and I still don't feel like a man. So you are ahead of the game, my friend. Um, we're talking to Benji on a video Zoom call. He's got Buckeye helmets behind him, some Ohio State hats. He's got a signed Ohio State football. He's got a Nick Suarez Cincinnati Reds calendar. Um, so, Benji, what's that, Nathan? It's Eugenio Suarez. Oh, sorry. See, I don't know who Nick Suarez is. Nick yeah. Suarez stars on whatever whatever soap opera you've been Dancing spending with your the days watching. I'm just trying to stay on brand by not knowing the names of anybody who plays for a team other than Ohio State. Um, Benji, thanks for being on, man. Way to be prepared. You have a future. Well, I was going to say, 
you have a future as a podcast host, just not on this podcast, because frankly, you were overprepared to host this podcast. But if you wind up being a podcast host of your own podcast, you'll be in great shape and your podcast will probably be better than Buckeye Talk. Would you like to have a podcast someday? Um, yes. All right. You can do it. I would, I would give you tips on what to do, but they would just only work against you. So, Benji, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a fan. Uh, good luck. We'll keep uh, hopefully churning out content that you enjoy, but it makes us feel better knowing that people like you are out there in the world listening to Buckeye Talk. So, Benji, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. All right, we're back on Buckeye Talk, finishing up this podcast. Um, we have a lot planned ahead, right? The draft is over. There's, you know, still going to be stuff about coronavirus and what's going to happen and that kind of thing. But, um, Nathan, do you are you fearful at all about us trying to come up with podcast topics in the in the weeks and months ahead, or do you think we'll be fine? Well, as we just found out earlier in this podcast, we could probably do string this fast food thing out for like a week on its own. Um, so no, I think we'll probably be okay. Ohio State's going to keep recruiting. They've already started for 2022. Um, we'll be able to drop in a basketball draft, something. We got, we got plenty of things to talk about. Steven, uh, do you think we'll be okay? Or are we going to run out of stuff? I think we'll be perfectly fine. I think that, that we've got three pretty good imaginations here and Ohio State football does enough to, you know, keep us, you know, talking about some football stuff, but also I think we can all come up with our own level of nonsense and we'll be perfectly fine. All right, so this was heavy nonsense today. We needed a break. We needed a break after a lot of stuff going on. Um, we're going to continue the previews. We have a big Oregon podcast coming Wednesday. You're really going to want to listen to that because, as you guys know, that is a huge game on the schedule. We're going to get hardcore with James Crepia, who actually is an Ohio State grad and now covers Oregon for um, Oregon Live, which is a part of our company. Uh, he does a really good job. He covered Auburn previously. He's, he has a good handle on national college football, and he has his own radio show out in Oregon, so he's a good talker. Um, so he's going to be on the big Wednesday pod coming next week. But we are going to get back to leaning on tech subscribers for some great topics, answering a lot of questions. We haven't done that as much lately, but we're going to get back to that. So if you want to be involved with the podcast and want to ask questions, sign up for the tech, 614-350-3315. Um, drop a review, read cleveland.com slash OSU. Follow us on Twitter at NW Baird, at Stephen underscore means, at Douglas Maurice. But most of all, keep listening to Buckeye Talk. We appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate Benji being on with us this week. If there's a kid in your life who likes Buckeye Talk, let's get their question on a future Buckeye Talk. Again, if you're a tech subscriber, just text us there. You'll get first priority on that. Otherwise, maybe try an email to dlaymaurice at cleveland.com. So thanks to you guys, as always, for listening. For Steven, for Nathan, I'm Doug, and also for Benji, our special guest. And that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>